see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley, and we're coming again from Philadelphia, the Pennsylvania Convention Center, uh, Pack Expo East, which has been going fantastic. Uh, we spoke earlier with Matt Reynolds about a lot of things that were going on on the show floor. Um, and today I'm going to be speaking with his colleague, Jim Krizan. Jim, welcome. Thank you, Sean. Good to be back. At Thank you. It's my pleasure to have you. And we have um, actually spoken to Matt previously, and he touched on a lot of... It was actually an entire podcast on the renaissance of recycling. And we touched on some topics that he saw at the show here that tied around sustainability. You've been around the industry, no offense, a little bit longer than Matt has. (laughs) And I'm curious if you have more of a base from the the beginning of sustainability to now it feels like it has finally been decades, at least that I've been around, where it's been a buzzword. Are we getting to where now it's we're at the notion of sustainable packaging or it's fine. Are we at least starting where sustainable packaging is now actually a thing? I think that uh, it started for us back in 2005 with the publication of that book, Cradle to Cradle, Mm -hmm. which was pretty revolutionary. And it didn't necessarily touch on packaging as much as how to design a product to be reused or to be, you know, more earth friendly. And I remember one of the stories in there, I can't remember if it was the model A or the model T, but Henry Ford delivered your car, car in a crate and you were instructed to keep the crate with you because it was going to be the floorboards of the car. And that was <laughs> I did, I did not. Yeah, very ingenious, awesome. right? That started the conversation. And in 2007, Packaging World uh, published a field guide to sustainable packaging. And it became really hot for a while there. Mm-hmm. And it kind of tempered a, a little. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it reminded me a lot of RFID, actually, because I remember RFID was this, it was going to change the world as soon as we got it below five cents a tag and blah, blah, blah. And this might be too inside baseball for people listening. But why else would you be listening to a packaging podcast if you didn't know this stuff? So it's that same kind of idea. And then I remember hearing the first time sustainability, sustainability, we need to have sustainability conferences, our own sustainability magazine. And it seems like it's now a decade later, like you said, 2007, now we're 13 years later. If it wasn't specifically packaging back then, where where did it go where it kind of stalled and where are we finally at now? Well, at first, it really, uh, there was a big focus on packaging and then people started to look at their operations in general, sending out trucks that tires needed air or was half a load or they were leaving the lights on in the plant or the water issues. And so there was a lot of good economic sense behind mm-hmm. sustainable plants. So the emphasis, again, kind of went off of uh, uh, packaging, even to where uh, our OEMs, members of PMMI, started releasing more energy-efficient motors or putting servos on uh, uh, form-fill seal machines that would uh, produce less waste. 
from the plastic roll. So there's a lot of good uh, things that happened. But then the uh, the CPGs, they were paralyzed because how do you look at everything you've been doing for decades and have to change it? And uh, what they finally came across with, you have to do something. Let's do some little things and make some progress, either looking at how it's being packaged or how much packaging was going into things. And so they, they did quite, quite a few things. You know, it was a down gauging or, or downsizing or making the pallets cubed out better. So there was right. a lot of, you know, early progress. The, the problem became, oh, uh, they also started a lot of new titles. I remember meeting a director of sustainization oh, yeah. one time. That was <laughs> and I remember like Walmart <laughs> would have a VP of sustainability yep, and stuff like yep. that. And yeah. you know, when the titles are coming like they are in e-commerce now, it's become, it's becoming a thing, you mm-hmm. know, but uh, uh, one of the problems is that a lot of the CPG started adopting their own certification programs and stamping labels on, on things, and it became super confusing to the uh, consumer. There's also a lot of then greenwashing accusations that they were just doing this to look better and not really being sustainable. So we ran into some problems there, and uh, the consumers didn't help. The consumers were, were just awful. Uh, they didn't understand how to recycle. And I love all the surveys that said consumer sentiment. They'll say they'll spend 5% more or 15% more. No one ever asked, what has your behavior been? Have mm-hmm. you actually spent more? And, uh, you know, the first e-commerce conference I ever went to, the first speaker said, if you're in love with Mother Earth, you'd never order anything over your computer to be delivered at your door. You yeah, know? you're just adding more packaging. Yeah, you're so adding more waste more, more by doing emissions. that. Uh-huh. Or, you know everything, and 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 so it's been a a, a disconnect with the uh, consumers, and then we got into this mixed recycling being okay, and it's not okay. The grease on a pizza box doesn't go into a corrugated recycling stream, or the glue on a label on a plastic bottle didn't make it the bottle any more recyclable. So we ran into a lot of problems where that infrastructure started to crumble Mm -hmm. and people who had started these uh, companies to recycle things. I think this year or last year in California, more recycling facilities closed than than open. I know that was a big, I wasn't aware of the the complexities of that. And Matt actually touched on it, fortunately, on the uh, renaissance of recycling, where he said that, that that has actually happened where because people hadn't adhered to the ways you have to recycle, these plants couldn't keep up. They couldn't keep up. And then we started selling the stuff to China because China wanted it. And we even got to the point where China rejected our trash. <laughs> they don't which, want our you trash. Know, how low is the bar when <laughs> they, they don't want anything that we're, we're producing? So so it's been a problem. It's kind of been hanging out there. And then what happened was the 2018 midterm elections. And at the exact time that was happening, all these um, uh, reports about plastics in the ocean mm-hmm. and plastics in fish and microplastics. And suddenly there was this new breed of legislator and they were super aggressive uh, uh, catering to their millennial voters, taking on small, local, regional things like, you know, if you ban water bottles in San Francisco airport, think about what that does to the supply chain, sure. how many bottles were being blow molded and shipped and filled and, and sold. And so there's massive disruption. And there is so much pending legislation now that the plastics people and the packaging people are having their feet held to the fire because, you know, like we saw in California, when California consumer uh, uh, board decided that they were going to serialize medicine, mm-hmm. 
all the pharma companies said, well, we can't produce 20% of our drugs for California and 80% for the rest of the country. Right. We're going to have to serialize too. Mm-hmm. So if one of these states passes something like no straws on a juice box, you're not going to have any straws on any juice boxes. So, so there's huge implications. Um, but packaging always takes it on the chin. And, and you've seen not only the machinery builders, people have pumped, you know, billions of dollars into developing new or better materials or more green choices. But again, there's still confusion, particularly at the consumer level of understanding it. And a lot of people are just throwing their hands up and and, and walked away from worrying about it. And not only understanding it, but going back to the consumer level that you've touched on it, but people will say that they want to be more sustainable and they're willing to pay more to be more sustainable. And then they go into the store and the one thing is literally five cents more they're going to buy the thing that's five cent less. It's like the sustainability has often been a put your money where your mouth is type thing. And it until I guess we've seen recently some actual venture BlackRock, one of the big um, venture capital. Yeah, venture yeah. capital or, or the, the companies that are taking your one of the big funds. I want to say it's BlackRock. Oh, investment funds. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So BlackRock, one of the big investment funds is actually going sustainable with a lot of their funds. So you're now seeing that it has taken which it usually does, money is making this happen. Whereas exactly. before it's be economically it feasible. Exactly. Sure. It's not. And even back when it was, you know, we're, we're going to make the machines more efficient. Yes, there were some good intentions there. I'm not saying there wasn't, but it's also going to cost you less money because you're running less electricity. You're using yeah. less water. So yeah. it always seems to tie back to money. So I guess back to packaging, I kind of got off there for a second. We kind of know how it's been around. We know why it's it's rising in interest. So I guess what is going to change or what's going to happen or what is already happening? So one of the biggest problems here in the States is with the federal government. When you look at countries who are doing a really good job with the circular economy, it's federally mandated. And everybody recognizes exactly where everything goes. Right. And there's a lot of then public pressure in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where's your recycled stuff on the curb kind of thing. And our government left it up to every state, left it up to every municipality, sporting arena, school. And there's so many different kinds of bins and colors of bins and the frustration just, you know, for, at the consumer level. And, and so there is a chance now for the government to step in, like with some of these legislators, and try to make it more universal so people understand. And it's almost like we talked about uh, kids. Remember Garanimals, where your yeah. pajama tops could match your bottoms because it was the same, you know, zebra <laughs> or whatever. Literally. Can't if, wait to see where this is going. Yeah. If everything <laughs> had a blue one on it and there was a blue bin okay, or, right, or right, a right. yellow two and mm-hmm. a yellow bin, anybody would be able to recycle. Right, right. I remember I, I took my son out to a Seattle, Washington to look at a school and there was eight recycling bins in the cafeteria. I couldn't even imagine right. starting to understand it. You know, So uh, the question I get all the time as the VP of content is, well, what is the most you know earth-friendly material for packaging? And unfortunately, there's no answer to that because it all stems from life cycle analysis. Mm-hmm. And life cycle analysis, like quantum physics, has a lot of variable X's sure. in the equation that when glass people do it, glass wins. And right. when rigid Absolutely. plastic does it, rigid plastic. I, I was even a huge believer in bioplastics, you know, corn-based and, and sugarcane-based. And then a professor from Idaho stood up at one of these conferences and said, when you look at what it takes to grow that stuff and harvest it mm-hmm. and process it, it doesn't necessarily make the most sense. So what, what we say to every CPG is, 
What's the product? What's the audience? What are, what are you trying to, you know, if you're selling something to people in their 60s and 70s, they're probably not going to be as susceptible to wanting to pay more money. Right. But young, young millennials mm-hmm. buying certain products, you, you know, can do it. You have a cosmetics firm Lush who's gotten rid of packaging entirely on some of their products. And I remember a few years ago, Sainsbury in England had so much pressure on people about their packaging that they declared no packaging days. And people would walk up to the cash register with a handful of coffee beans. And (laughs) what do I do with these? They're like, it's up to you. No packaging today, you know. So they showed the consumers that that it's not possible. Um, But so many people have done uh, so much in trying to get new materials uh, going and and try to uh, come up with new ways to to do it. I think the industry has responded very favorably. I may be prejudiced, but it's so easy for a consumer to say packaging. It's Mm -hmm. awful, you know. Until you're the one who needs the medicine or needs the drink or has to buy the frozen food. And I remember one of our editorial advisory board members, he said, Jim, as much as you can poke at packaging, do you realize the waste involved to the environment? If you grow it, harvest it, process it, package it, ship it, and then it doesn't get consumed because it's spoiled. And that's, I think, a message that we have to be stronger outside the industry uh, 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 telling that story. That's, a, that's an amazing point. Um, I hadn't really even thought of it that way. I, I know that you often always use as an example, you know, when you see the, the, a tornado or a hurricane or something like that, that you'll see the trucks unloading the cases of bottled, bottled water. Bottled water and saving lives. If right? there wasn't any, you know, if the water supply gets shut down, yeah. how else are you going to yeah. get that water to there, you know, yeah. other than um, via that that stream. So I guess any other final thoughts yeah, that we haven't hit on? There's no 100% magic bullet. Everybody's got to look at their product and, and, and the availability of how to keep it fresh and tasty and, and good looking and decide what package is best for them. And I really think it's going to take more of this legislation to put pressure on the consumer to say, this is where this goes. This is where you should put this. And then, you know, you had a lot of these corporations setting, you know, very ambitious goals about recycled mm-hmm. content sure. or carbon emissions. And the goals are at first for, for 2010, then they became for 2015. Right. Now they're 2025. And they realize that they don't even have enough content in the stream to meet their recyclable goals. So it's going to take a bigger effort than just the packaging industry is making. But I do always take exception when people just blame plastic and, and packaging. Sure. And everybody's got a role in, into yeah, making it's it It's understandable. Better, so. And it is something, as we've seen in European countries, that do a much better job of this. It does. It comes down from a government level. Yeah, and the awareness. they have to adhere to it. Yep. The awareness and, you know, it's great all the freedoms we have here in America, but I think we have to take a look at treating the country better and the environment better. So. I can understand and appreciate that. And I appreciate you taking time from a, uh, a pretty good I show up there. always enjoy our chat. <laughs> so do I. Likewise, Jim. Um, and for you, the listener, thank you again for listening to Unpacked with PMMI. Be sure to join us next time for more packaging and processing industry insights. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.